you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest today is Michael Ann. Oh, I've got your first name and I don't have your last name here. I'm doing real well today. Ah, Volterra. Michael Ann Volterra. Volterra. Okay. And Michael Ann is an author, keynote speaker, and money coach, which I think we all could probably use, who helps women transform their relationship with money to create a life they love. And with that, I'm going to ask Michael Ann to kind of introduce herself with a few more details about who she is and what she does. Great. I'm so happy to be here today. I just, I enjoy your podcast. So this is going to be, this is going to be a fun. Thank you. Um, So yeah, I'm a money coach and I have been a money coach for, believe it or not, 25 years. And I, the reason I say it that way is, you know, a lot of people, Susan, aren't, they've never heard of money coaching. They think it's a brand new Mm. deal. And in some ways it is, it's, it is uh-huh. a profession, um, okay. but I've been doing this for 25 years. I've written, you know, I've written books, I've taught courses. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, like many of us done many things over my career. Um, but I think that, that the easiest way to start is just to share with your listeners, you know, what, what is money coaching? Is it okay if I just kind of real quickly, yes, just please, yeah. please. Yeah. So it, it used to be that when people wanted to get help with money, they would either go to a financial planner if they wanted help with investments or maybe a credit counselor if they wanted help with debt. But you know, the truth is most people want help in both areas. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to deal appropriately with credit, but they do have net worth that they're also trying to build. Um, and the other piece is neither of those fields does well with the emotional or the psychological mm. side. Of it. And, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, everybody has a lot of feelings about money. And there's, there is, as we all have heard by now, a big piece around the psychology of money. So Mm -hmm. what, what money coaches do is we look at both, both the practical and the emotional. So I teach people how to manage their cash flow. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the way that I think it's more fun to say is how do you create a nourishing spending plan so that you can plan where you want your money to go? And how do you create the life that you most want using money? Right. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I refer to a lot of investment planners and, and all that, but I don't do investments. I'm looking at how do we create a life that you want um, using the cash flow that you currently have? Okay. And then, you know, if it was that easy, we'd all do it. So then we get into <laughs> what's really going on. And that's everything from yeah. looking at emotional spending to mm-hmm. sometimes earning issues to sometimes couples have a hard time talking about money. You know, there's all sorts of stuff around money besides just the practical nuts and bolts of, mm-hmm. you know, let's look at where we spend our money. Yeah. 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 Besides just looking at the bank account and what the number is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So what, um, actually the question that comes to mind, which is probably a, a funny question, but do you find, and, and maybe it's just because of, of the clientele you've created, do you find more people 
midlife, right? Like around 40s or something or 30s that come to you for help? Or is it more when people start getting older and they're not exactly sure what to do yeah. with their money? With their money. Yeah, that, that's an interesting question, kind of the demographic. I mean, I mm-hmm. specialize in working with people in midlife. And okay. so that's sort of my passion, you know, and I work uh-huh. with people in, and I, I like to say, I love working with people that are really rocking it in midlife, but money, yeah. one piece that is the stressor for them. Um, but as you and I know, everyone often identifies with all sorts of money stress and money stress or issues or problems really don't know any demographic in particular, right? I mean, when Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. a newer money coach, I tended to work with younger people. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the issues do change over time. When I have clients that are already technically retired, then sometimes the issue is, okay, I know that I'm okay if I only spend X amount per year, like I'm thinking of different clients that say, you know, I have a financial planner and they tell me don't spend more than X amount, you know, because all their investments are set in their retirement years and social security and things like that. That's easier said than done. Right. And so stressor sometimes is how do we create a life that really works given the retirement cash flow that we are now um, living Mm. with. So, you know, it it just depends on what age and stage or chapter of life Uh that we're in. Uh Um, a lot of women that come in and work with me um, after a divorce. So that's Uh, obviously its own chapter, you know, they say, Um, but you know, everybody identifies with very similar money issues. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, it it always comes down to money in, money out, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or money out and then running around trying to find some money to come in. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, lifestyle is a big deal trying to figure out how to create a life that works with your income. And, you know, uh-huh. there's a lot nowadays um, around, are we keeping up with the Joneses versus let's look at what makes us happy and live life according mm-hmm. to our own values. But, you right. know, there often is a lot of pressure. And, you know, I think, Susan, that that's sometimes where the demographics comes in because uh-huh. younger people struggle with that more because of social media. They, they are comparing uh-huh. themselves a lot with, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And images that they see versus right. generation X and older uh-huh. not as tied in to social media. Yeah. Uh yep. so yep. not yep. As quite as affected by what the Joneses are spending because we don't yeah. spend as much time on Instagram or Facebook. Right. And how how out of curiosity, how did the pandemic impact your working with clients? Uh, um another interesting question. What you know, what I found and this, this will make sense to everyone as soon as I say it, you know, a lot of people, um, um, on the one hand, there was a lot of stress initially because some people were uh, losing jobs. Uh, you know, I had different clients that salaries were cut. And then in, in a lot of the um, professional classes, things evened out and salaries came back. They didn't lose their jobs. Some people were tasked with working even harder at their mm, jobs. Mm. They were Mm-hmm. very stressed around having to work at home. Um, yeah. But a lot of people didn't spend a lot of money because yeah. they didn't travel. You no. know, a lot of the big discretionary things like traveling and even to a degree like home remodeling, you couldn't get the remodeler to come to the house. Right, right. So right. a lot of big spending got delayed, which is now you're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of people like, oh my, my gosh, let's pop the cork and go to Europe or something like that. Um, right. On yeah. the other hand, issues came up like online shopping went through the roof. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some of that's very practical, but that also can become very emotional when you're 
stressed and can't leave your house, some people really fell into spending money on Amazon as a way to kind of get a feel good hit. And that's mm. with a lot of practical right. things as well. Right. So that's why it can be um, a little bit hard to get your arms around it. Yeah. And there, and then there's a lot of people now that are kind of caught in between, <clears throat> you know, cause so many people are still working from home, but they can go out and do things. Exactly. It's just kind of, yeah. We're in such an odd place, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've got clients all over the world, but I live in Seattle. And so it has been interesting to see the very, very large company. Amazon is here. Oh, yeah. In yep. Seattle. Yep. Microsoft is here. I mean, all the big right. tech players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of them have not brought people back the way they had predicted that they would. Yeah. Or when they would. And we still don't know. Yeah. How- go and it's like well a lot of people are still working from home and some people really like that and some people don't yeah it's it's interesting I just heard actually last night on a program I can't remember what what, what it was a news or what and they were saying that nationwide 55 percent of people working people are are working from home that's for the whole country for the bay area which I'm sure is probably a lot like Seattle it's a lot higher. It's yeah, a lot higher. Exactly. It's like 70 something percent. Um, yeah. And well, it's fueled spending in, in all sorts of interesting ways, right? Because now mm-hmm. you've got people that are so used to working at home that like it and don't want to go back. And they're right. building out, you know, um, extra offices or bedrooms, or it's affecting yeah. where they live, where they now can live. So, yeah. 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 And yeah. for me, I, I'm a good example because I had an in person office. As a money coach, I saw lots of people, um, you know, via Zoom. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of my clients live in Seattle, but I did see some people in person. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's really interesting, Susan. As the pandemic, I don't know if we want to say it's over or not. Everyone, um, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a different way. It's right? morphing, but right? It's morphing. It's morphing. <laughs> no, you know what? That's a great way to say it. Um, yeah. But what I found was, at, my clients got so used to Zoom. My local uh-huh. client got so used to Zoom that I found myself commuting at times into my office just to sit on Zoom all day, right? Uh-huh. So after many, many, many years, gave up my outside office and went totally virtual. Um, yeah. And I think it's just as a result of what we're talking about. So, I mean, yeah. we're all acted, you know, in different ways like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. I know, again, here in the Bay Area, um, San Francisco in particular, they have ha- they've lost so many businesses, restaurants, all that, because nobody's coming into the offices and so nobody's going to lunch. Nobody's going to dinner. No, you know, all of these things, the retailers are not getting the walk in mm-hmm. um, and it's impacted the whole area economically, you know, and it's so funny. Who knew, you know, right. no, nobody thought that was going to happen, but people got, people got used to being at home. <laughs> they did. They really did. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So so let's let's get back to talking about about, you know, helping people with working with their with their money, Mm -hmm. assuming that their money is that money is still coming in, because that's a whole different issue if they got. um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which Amazon's been doing that. And I think Microsoft has as well, just recently laid off a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. There have been, there have been layoffs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people stress around money um, that the APA, uh, the American Psychological um, Association did an interesting mm-hmm. study in 2020 uh, where they really identified money as, as one of the top 
three stressors for people. And, you know, I'm looking at, at the um, exact number. It was two in three adults identified money as one of the top three st- sources of stress. And, mm. you know, this was done um, from like 2019 data, I believe. So it wasn't all about the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That money is just a huge source of stress for many American adults and mm-hmm. stress is even greater for women than it is for men. So uh-huh. and probably heard the studies about, you know, how few people can afford to pay an expense if it's over $400, you know, things like that. Uh, the right. Yeah. Savings rate um, is very low in the United States. And that's, I'm not even talking about retirement savings. I'm talking about, right. you know, cash savings. So mm-hmm there's a lot of pain around people's relationship to money and, um, and that, you know, that's where I come in around money coaching and really trying to help people not be stressed around money. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. part of it is many people are stressed because they're in what I call a money fog that they Mm -hmm. don't know where they're spending their money. They haven't, they're they're unhappy. Uh They're stressed. Right. But it's almost like a free floating anxiety. And Hmm. They don't know how much they spend. They don't know where the money goes. It also means they don't know how much they need to earn. So there's a lot of ways of looking at money fog. But, you know, if you don't know what you owe in credit card debt, if you don't know what you have in investments, if you don't know what you spend eating out, so on and so forth. If you're in a money fog, it really exacerbates financial stress. And we're afraid to look, but not looking makes the stress even worse. Right? It makes it even worse. Yeah. You know, the way that I think about it is if you're in a money fog, it's kind of like since you're, you know, San Francisco. You know, I remember when I lived there, uh, Daily City was so foggy and I've never driven in such dense fog. And so if you're in a money fog, it's not a matter of, are you going to hit something? It's a matter of what are you going to hit and how bad is it going to be? So the more you can help people get clear and get out of the fog, Mm. uh, the more their financial anxiety goes down, 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 and the more mm-hmm. peaceful they feel. And, you know, it, it can feel a little bit counterintuitive, Susan, because sometimes people feel like, ah, oh, but I'm afraid of what I'll see yeah. if I track my spending, for example. Um, yeah. But what we know is when you do track your spending, your stress around money actually goes down because you start to feel more control yeah. of yeah. your money. And that's, um, you know, that that's huge because financial stress really can go all the way to impacting our health. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, it's a huge stressor and people, a lot of people don't even realize it. You know, I think you're right. Yeah. They're so, it's almost like the air you breathe. We're so Uh used to feeling um, anxiety, like, like this low level chronic free floating anxiety around money that Mm. looks like, as opposed to what, of course, people are stressed about money and you don't really name it, but it really takes up a lot of almost psychic energy. I know that sounds kind of weird, but just takes up no, a lot yeah. of space in our heads, yeah. worrying and running numbers and can we afford this? And yeah. you know, what what if there was, was a way to not be stressed mm. uh, around money? And I, I think that's the um the beautiful thing and why I'm so passionate about money coaching is it it lifts people out of that financial stress uh, yeah. so that you can breathe clearer and you uh-huh. know, just you know, be happier. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And feel a little better sense of control, I think, in your own life is something that so many people just don't feel that. And not just in money, 
right? I mean, it's like in so many different areas um, and it all kind of compounds. Um, Do you find that it's easier? I'm not exactly sure how to say this, that it's easier for people to get control or on top of or understanding their money situation if it's just them as opposed to being part of a couple? Mm, Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a juicy question. Um, Yes. I do think it's, it's, it's easier in some ways. Um, I mean, it kind of gets into couples and money, right? And one, one of the Mm -hmm. interesting things about couples and money is we all have what I would call a a money personality. We Mm -hmm. all have different motivations around money and the most common would be people that are motivated by, well, the two most common would be you're motivated by freedom or you're motivated by security. What I call like the the safe harbor personality versus the liberty personality. That's kind of what I would, you know, liberty personality just really wants to feel free. And the point of money is to do what I want when I want, enjoy life. Mm, But a safe harbor personality feels like money is to feel safe and feel protected and know that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And they're both positive. There's nothing wrong with either of these personality types. But what's interesting about couples is half of all couples are made up of someone who is this liberty personality marrying a safe harbor, right? Opposites attract. And so that's Uh, why couples and money gets particularly interesting because you have these two very different uh, people who love each uh-huh. other often very much. And, and, you know, I find that when couples initially get together, if they are this opposites attract, it doesn't have anything to do with money, right? Initially, mm. it's like, oh my gosh, he's so um, exciting and wow. And I just never have had so much fun or she's so grounded and she just feels so, mm. just, I feel so safe. So uh-huh. it's not about money initially, but when right. couples really engage in a relationship and money comes up, if they are around money, um, then that is one of the things that has to be worked out in terms of, you know, who gets to decide how they spend their money. It's not just about, do Uh we have enough? How do we make our expenses fit our income? That conversation assumes two rational people sitting down and having that discussion. Right. So, but if you're very different, yeah. uh, you can have really different priorities and who's to say one yeah. person's is more important than the other. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's, there's so many different scenarios, right. you know, especially when you do get into people who are older, right. They may be, there may be kids involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They meet and get together with somebody else and, and people with the kids want to take care of the kids as part of their, their program. Oh, yeah, you know. absolutely. I mean, the whole phenomenon of um, what is it called nowadays? Gray divorce. Can't remember the term where so many people are divorcing and remarrying later and later in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm probably an example of that because I repartnered, I'm engaged right now. And uh-huh. So here I am remarrying in my, whether we're in our fifties or our sixties, and I'm coming with, we each have our own house. We each have our own assets. We each have children, right? I mean, we have whole lives that, you know, how do we combine this around what's joint and what's not joint? And we have decades of doing money our own way. Uh Uh-huh. And guess what? Here we are together, you know? So it's, yep, exactly. So it really <laughs> brings up, and, you know, I, I laugh because, you know, I'm a money coach and, you know, my uh-huh. 
Martin is is Robert, and it's an interesting. And I he would talk about it in different ways, but to marry a money coach who's like, hey, yeah. let's talk about money, let's talk about money. He's like, which he loves on the one hand, but he was never partnered with someone who was so comfortable talking about, uh, like, hey, let's get yeah. on the same page about right. Yeah, uh-huh. so we all have different different histories. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's, um, you know, and it impacts so much when you're when you're older, and and doing this, right, the repartnering, whether you get married or not, right, you know, you probably have a house, maybe buy a house together, or whatever. But there's so much because there's like, okay, if you're doing a will, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. do we do separate wills? Do we do one will with different pieces to it do we I mean there's it just it gets so complicated it, it just well, gets it so does. complicated you know, yeah it, it's a, we just had this conversation the other day where you know if, if if something if something happens to him or to me how are our grown children going to feel about some of our assets going to mom and dad's new wife or new husband you know I mean yeah. there's now you're adding grown children into the mix who had always right. assumed that they would inherit x or y that's right yep. right so yeah. like, well it just is a very very interesting um conversation and yet it's so common nowadays mm-hmm. because you know as you and I know the U.S. divorce rate is at about 50 percent so you know and of course nobody thinks they will divorce um, oh, of course not of course not. N- not me. Of course not. Right. No. But yeah, fifty you percent's know, pretty pretty high. So yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And some people are kind of serial divorcing people, um, which makes it even even crazier. Even oh, crazier. Definitely. Yeah. When you bring money into it, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I personally think, and obviously I'm a money coach, but. One of the highest, holiest, and most helpful tools for people to be happy in their marriages is to be able to work with some form of joint spending plan, you know, to be yeah. able to jointly look at their money and have it have a tool. And I'll use that word because uh-huh. it's fairly neutral sounding right. that says, okay, you know, here is February. What would we like to spend our money on this month and then have a way of looking at where we're actually spending our money. So each person has a voice and mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's also an area of huge intimacy because, you know, it, it's the fact that people are more comfortable talking about sex than they are about money. Right. Uh, is like, That's really oh, scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so true. And yet we know it's true. And you see it with, you know, women, friends, we'll talk about all sorts of personal things, but often not money. Well, that's also true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those, not anyone else's. Right. Well, and that's the attitude, right? If it's not anyone else's yeah. business, then we have this area in our life that's hugely important, you know, money. Yeah. But there often is so much secrecy around it. Um, and, and part of the dilemma is often we think, okay, then everyone else knows what they're doing. Everyone else yeah. has it figured out. And there's, you know, a lot of adults carry a lot of shame or frustration around money feeling like they're the only ones who don't know how to manage it well or how to... Right. You know, I mean, I hate the word budget, but wh- how, whatever word people want to use, I would personally use the word uh-huh. spend plan. Um, but yeah. they think that oh, everyone nice. knows yeah. how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and the truth is a lot of people don't have that skill and wish they did. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I was just going to say different, and people have different levels of skill. And so someone might be pretty good budgeting and, and all of that. And then they get together with somebody who's like a professional at it. And it's like, all of a sudden, they're not, they're made to feel like right. they're not as qualified. Well, and you know, yes. And that brings up the, the topic around money and power in relationships. Mm, yes. When one person uh, is super into, you know, money, or maybe they've been really good at investing or, right. or you know, what have you. Um, we yeah. all have different strengths. Uh-huh. You know, many people, that's not going to be their area of expertise. And so uh-huh. that that has to be handled very um, carefully because otherwise you can be in a situation where one person feels so disempowered and, right. in, and in, in difficult, not positive situations, people can be made to feel not very smart, right? Mm-hmm. And they really yeah. stop asking questions and feel like they don't have control over this area of their life. And mm-hmm. that's not okay. I mean, just because money is not right. your expertise doesn't mean you're not this amazing, wonderful, smart person with tons to right. contribute right. around the subjects mm-hmm. of lifestyle and resources and money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's also, you know, people who get together with somebody and they don't want to be responsible for the other person. So they don't want to give any advice. Yeah. And, you know, that that is so true. And initially that can seem like it works great. I call those types of uh, personality types money avoiders and uh, all sorts of other ways to, um, to to talk about that. But but in the end, that puts an awful lot of pressure on the other person, you know, it might be nice initially to be the one who's in charge of everything, but oh my gosh, you know, then you're feeling the pressure of, well, I sure hope I got the life insurance figured out right, or that this figured out right, yeah. that the other person's relying on me to know. And, you know, the, the other thing I, I would say, um, particularly the older you get, it can be very dangerous to assume mm that you're going to be taken care of and things are going to be okay if that other person dies. And, you know, we do see this more, unfortunately, with um, with women that assume that things are set up correctly. Uh, and maybe your husband okay. actually thinks so too, right? I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of people that are doing the best that they can. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. But, but then, you know, when the husband dies, is she taking care of the way that she thought that she mm, would? Mm. You know, so. You know, even when people are uncomfortable talking about money, you really do want to try to get involved and know um, that you do have something to add to the discussion Mm -hmm. and and you Uh do want to make sure and your beloved probably in all likelihood wants you to feel taken care of should they die. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. People, of course, want that for the people that they love. um, But sometimes it's hard to to bring up that conversation. It is. It is. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's always difficult trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, yeah, this is obviously something we share, you know, a a bill or whatever, but over here, do we, or do we not? Right. And people have different opinions about that. So it's just one more thing. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like we were saying earlier, it also depends on Uh repartner. If you're talking about a repartner, um, you know, you may be coming into a new marriage with someone still paying um, spousal support or child support. People have a lot of feelings about these expenses becoming joint or not joint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
So what what is your what is your suggestion for how people should that sort of situation? Is there I, a- yeah, what I think is a great place to start is if you're going to I'll let you use the marriage example. If you're literally going to marry, which is mm. obviously darn big, important, and serious, um, yeah. then you know before then you really do want to sit down and share mm-hmm. everything. Meaning, let's write down and share with each other all of our assets, mm-hmm. all of our savings and all of our debts and all of our liabilities. Like, let's just like lay it all out on the table, which is a very yeah. vulnerable. But if this really is the person that you're thinking of spending the rest of your life uh, yeah. and you're, you know, not able to share that, then, you know, this, this is a caution play, right? So, so yeah. Yeah. Really laying everything out and beginning to have that conversation right there will bring up some of these discussions. For example, okay, student loans, here's what I think about, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times when people lay this out, they'll say, okay, I want to keep paying for this or yeah. the, the idea of going joint with joint checking um, is everyone has different thoughts and opinions on that. And that's why sometimes initially it's nice to also share what worked or didn't work about money in your previous relationship. Mm-hmm. It's also a very tender subject when you're talking about the ex-spouse, right? But if, if, if money was a source of pain, let's say the man you're going to marry, um, used to be married to someone who he's describing as an overspender, Mm. he's going to be very sensitive to Mm. combining finances. And so I think that that's like, let's let's talk about that. Let's, you know, again, this could be a beautiful conversation around intimacy and feelings and your own history around this. There is no one way. Um, A lot of couples will start with just a smaller joint checking where, like you said, Mm -hmm. let's decide which expenses for the house come out of this. And then they keep their own separate accounts for a while. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, maybe maybe forever. You know, you don't have go join uh, just because you marry someone. But what I think is important is I think it's important to share financial information with the person Mm -hmm. you're married to, because Mm -hmm. if you cannot share financial information with someone that you're marrying, should you be marrying? (laughs) Right. I mean, again, this is a deep, deep, it's a trust trust issue, right? It's a trust issue, intimacy issue. um, It's a vulnerability issue. And it's like, well, you know, bring it on. Let's, 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 let's expand this part Mm. of the relationship um, to be able to talk about these things. I think that that's a very, very important. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What I just, we're getting towards the end where we probably should should be cutting off. I have one more question for you. What about for couples that don't actually get married, but they live together for 30 years? We live together for 30 years. Um, Honestly, I think it's all, all very similar. What, but here's yeah. here's my caution around that. Um, yes, we've all heard of the term common law uh, marriage, mm-hmm. and, and some states might consider you married, uh, which is fine. And you know, in, in, this is a values thing. There's lots of people nowadays also that don't believe in marriage. I don't personally care if people get married or not. I just want people mm-hmm. to be um, happy, right? Yep. You want yep. people to be happy. But my concern is sometimes when people are in a very long-term relationship and they're not married, that's when they are the most vulnerable. When mm-hmm. you are married, chances are if the other person dies, mm-hmm. uh, the accounts yeah. are accounts in your name. You're going to be the beneficiary as the spouse, the survivor. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So yes. what I would encourage people is if you're not going to get married, that's great. That's great. Do you want the person that you are, you know, the person that you love, that you live with, do you want mm-hmm. them taking care of in the event of your death? Right. Yes or no. If you mm-hmm. want them taken care of in the event of your death, then you need to take extra steps to make sure that they are taking mm-hmm. care of because if you're not legally mm-hmm. married, that's not going to be as automatic. Right. And so you don't want something happening where because you don't believe in marriage or again, there's lots of reasons to not get married. Whatever. Yeah. Lots and yeah. lots of reasons. That's, that's great. Mm-hmm. But you just want to make sure that there isn't um, as a result of that, you know, you die. And then the person that you love so much doesn't have what they need, doesn't have what they need. And so it's just, right. you know, it's, it's another conversation around, intimacy and money and uh-huh. we uh-huh. love each other and how we want it. Uh-huh. Um, we take care of the people we love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also bottom line. It's a, it's a matter of knowledge. Yep. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people think that it's just going to work just like if they were married and it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's really yeah. important to have those conversations and, yeah. you know, make sure that that other person is the beneficiary in your retirement accounts. I mean, there's lots of things you absolutely can do, but they're not, yeah. they're oh, not yeah. going to be. And it's relatively easy yeah. if you, if you, right. If you know what it is, it's not, it's not, it's not difficult, right. but it yeah. is something you have to do in addition to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if this mm-hmm. is the person that you truly, truly love, then I would consider yeah. talking to an estate planning attorney. Yep. Um, there's lots of uh, professionals out there that can mm-hmm. help you. No, it doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Um, no. I just want to make sure that, that the people that you love are, are cared mm-hmm. for the way that you want yeah. them cared for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. And when it comes to checking accounts or whatever, if you just go talk to the bank, they'll tell you what the things are for the checking account or any other finance, that, that kind of, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. because they're going to, they're going to be the ones you're arguing with. (laughs) (laughs) So they're they're real happy to explain to you. No, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do that. You have to do X, Y, and Z for me to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want your listeners to know that, you know, I mean, we want to make sure it okay to talk about money. We want it to be normal. We want it to be a healthy conversation. We all are different. And it's kind of fun to share our our differences and our thoughts about money, our opinions about money. You know, Uh that's all of our wonderful uniqueness, but we don't want it to be this secret thing that like so many of us are raised with don't talk about money. And that doesn't serve us as well as adults. Mm -hmm. And so we want to normalize this and say, you know, it's actually healthy and helpful to be able to talk about it. Yes. Yes. And I think it's also something that, that, women traditionally have not have not been good having that conversation i think no, men, I, are, I, men are better but i but i think you know it's it's something we all need to learn yeah and it's, it's changing but yeah i agree with you i mean you know traditionally um families didn't talk to their daughters as much about money as they talked to their sons right and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and and society and culture has contributed to that and many, many things have contributed to that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely changing as women become more and more empowered. Yes. Um, yes. But we just have to kind of take it in our own hands and say, nope, this is something I want to talk yeah. about. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And particularly for um, old, older women. Right. Yeah. You want to feel like you can, do you know, that. 45 and above, I would say probably. 
you know, maybe even 40, but, but right. definitely above that. Cause we were not, we were not, we weren't trained to think that way. No, I agree. And that that's partly why I, as you know, I personally specialize in working with yes. women in midlife yes. who uh-huh. feel yeah. great in, in so many areas of their life, but money yeah. is the piece where they don't always feel in control or they feel yep. stressed or mm-hmm. anxious, you know, and yep. I, I want everyone to feel at choice yep. that they are living the life that they want to live and that they can use money as a way to create the life that they love and not have to be the scary mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at, with that, I, I think that's a great way to, uh, to wrap up in this whole conversation. It kind of brings it all around. Yeah. Thank you so um, much for having me. I really, really um, just, I love it. If people want to find me, then they yes, can go please. straight to um, seattlemoneycoach.com. And what mm-hmm. I have for um, your listeners is, there is a free ebook on how to stop oh, stressing about money that they can download. Uh, and if you perfect. do want to talk with me, then I encourage you to grab a free discovery call. You know, for all those women that we were talking right. about in midlife yeah. that I just love working with, um, uh-huh. you can do a free 20 minute discovery call with me and I can help you figure okay. out what is keeping you from feeling in control of your mind. You can just yeah. click the button on the website at Seattle Money Coach. All right. Great. Great. And I will put, um, I will put the website in the show notes as well. So people will know where to find it. And um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you spending the time. Thank you, Susan. I thank you. I I like, I love your show and I think your listeners will enjoy all of it. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. We can keep going back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. you. Um, No, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) They're right. (laughs) So let me just say what I usually do. And it doesn't really apply to this this particular show, but um, I am not a doctor. Neither of us are doctors. This is not medical advice, which you can obviously tell anyways, just from listening. <laughs> and um, if you are having any kind of medical problems, please go and see your doctor. But in the meantime, if you're having any money problems, go see Michael Ann. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.